Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The following is paid for by the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. Information on the program is intended to solely further the public's general knowledge about the product. Opinions expressed should not be relied upon for any purpose by any member of the audience. News Radio 1020 KDKA does not guarantee the accuracy of any of the information aired on the following program. Hi, this is Father Tom Berg, pastor of St. James Catholic Parish in Swickley, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Catholic Education Plus on KDKA Radio. This show spotlights the important work of Catholic education in our Catholic schools and the parish faith formation programs. Catholic Education Plus is brought to you by the generous supporters of Catholic education, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh in southwestern Pennsylvania. And today we are discussing family integrated catechesis and why and my guest this morning is uh, Judine Indoneva. Judine is the director of family ministry and faith formation for the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh and Emily Belchick she is the faith formation coordinator at St. John and Paul Parish in Franklin Park. Judine and Emily welcome this morning to Catholic Education Plus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. And Judine, would you like to introduce yourselves to our listeners here this morning? Sure. Um, my name is Judine and Davina, and I'm the Director for Family Ministry and Faith Formation here at the Diocese of Pittsburgh. I have a number of years of experience in ministry, both in Catholic schools and in parishes. And so it's a great privilege to be able to bring all of that experience at the administrative level for the diocese and to be able to help shape and move things forward for the growth and development of programs. Absolutely. And Emily? Hi, my name is Emily Belchick. I'm the Faith Formation Coordinator at St. John and Paul. Um, I spent 22 years in public education, Hmm. um, teaching kindergarten, fifth grade, fourth grade, second grade. Um, and did also, it all, huh? yeah, <laughs> and also nineteen years in youth ministry. Nice. Wow. So it's nice to combine both of those things together in faith formation. And we're neighbors. Franklin Park is just right up uh, seventy nine from St. James and Swickley. Yeah. Now, obviously, this is a big weekend for the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh with the on mission for the Church Alive announcements. A lot of people heard uh, the new groupings for the parishes and also the clergy assignments were announced uh, yesterday afternoon or evening at Mass, and then. Obviously, they'll be hearing it uh, this morning. As Bishop Zubik says, uh, on mission for the Church Alive is needed in the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. And I look at it as a priest here in the the diocese for 17 years. Not a negative, but definitely a positive to be the Church Alive. Would you agree with that, Judine? Absolutely. So, you know, right now is a painful time. It's a time of grieving and Fear, uh, uh, naturally. Change. And change. But the the purpose and the reason for the reorganization is to be able to pull our resources together and then to create a new vision for thriving programming. And so working in the Secretariat for Leadership Development and um, Evangelization, I get to see the 
a live portion on on mission. So there's on mission, which we tend to think of as reorganization and parishes and groupings, but we forget the second piece, which is uh, alive. And so our objective is to create a structure of growth Mm -hmm. for the parishes. And one of the major areas that I've been privileged to be a part of is the uh, reordering of how we do catechesis for our children and our families so that it's truly life-giving. And catechesis for people might not understand that word is teaching the faith. Yes, catechesis is going deeper with your faith Mm -hmm. in knowledge and heart. So looking at, if you look at business as usual, so to speak, people think, oh, I I go to church and the, the pastor or the minister will teach me the lesson for the day in the homily or the sermon. Right. Or if I go to school, the, the teacher or the religious ed teacher or the uh, Catholic school principal or uh, teachers or, or uh, catechists will teach the faith and that's it. And you go home and go back to your old ways. But that's not what we're talking it's, about with no, faith formation. No, because we a lot of studies have been done and they have shown that the number one predictor of children engaging in their faith as adults and remaining Catholic and being active in their faith is parents teaching the faith to Mm -hmm. their children. So everything else that we put into formation, textbooks and service projects and um, field trips, they're nice, but there's only one factor that really assures the longevity of their development, and that's the parents being involved. But the model that we've been using for years doesn't look like that. Mm -mm. The model we have been using for years is child-only formation, and the parents are on the periphery. Um, The church teaches us that parents are the principal and primary educators of the faith. We've heard that for centuries, but we're really not doing that. So what we're here to talk about today is integrating the family into the children's formation so that we're empowering parents to take that role as the chief instructors of the faith themselves. And then really the parish should be supporting the parents, but we have it reverse. I agree with that. And I, I look at my own parents, Bill and Marge Burke. Uh, they taught my two sisters, Lisa and Linda and I, uh, we were the, they were the first ones that taught us our prayers, uh, nighttime prayers. Mm-hmm. Before you pick up the spoon or the fork for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you say a prayer. Right. Uh, and you thank God for all the blessings. Go to church on a weekly basis and have breakfast or dinner after. Uh, as they say, a family that prays together, we stay together. And I truly believe that. It starts at home. starts right. family first. Emily, let's talk with you as a parent. And as a teacher, you kind of have both the best of both worlds with that. Would you agree that the parents are definitely the first teachers of the the faith and what they say and what they do? Yes. uh, When parents bring their baby to be baptized, what do we ask them? Mm -hmm. We ask them, will you teach them to love God and to love others? Um, And they said they will. You know, they promised that. And what do we do as a church to help them? you know, fulfill that promise. Um, So, yeah, so at St. John and Paul, we've been really looking at our baptism prep program. Mm. How can we reach these parents? What kind of tools can we give them to foster this kind of Catholic experience in their homes? So we've been looking at really good resources. We've been talking during our baptismal prep time about what is your mission? Mm. What do you want as your family? What do you want that little baby, that precious gift from God to grow up and do? What do you want? Um, and and 
creating that mission so that when things get tough as kids grow and get involved in many different activities and and such where do they have that strong do they have the roots do they have the roots yeah there's like no book or manual that new parents can say hey okay now you're proud parents of a baby you teach them the faith okay mm-hmm. well i have a keys to the car but how you need a driver's manual mm-hmm. to get accumulated with the vehicle mm-hmm. so i think with the baptismal prep with a new family or a family that starts with uh, school or religious <laughs> ed program or youth ministry you get the families that the the, the parents have to kind of it's a new taught too it's a new paradigm mm-hmm. um we we need to shift the way we do things um so we need um to first of all the way we've been doing ministry is kind of like, okay, we're the professionals and we'll tell you what you need to know. And okay, we're going to have an Advent series on symbolism. <laughs> but you know what? That might not be what those parents are experiencing right then. They might be having trouble paying their mortgage. They might be having trouble with a child that has an addiction. And so we need to shift the paradigm so that we're meeting the needs of the family and the life cycles that they're experiencing now. So what Emily's talking about is, wow, we've got this young couple with a new baby. That's a critical moment in their life cycle. Absolutely. And so what we have been doing in the past is, okay, take the baptism class, check it off the list, we're done. See you in six years for for First Communion. Um, But we actually need to restructure our evangelization so that we're there for the families at all of those critical moments. And we're, we're accompanying them, as our Pope Francis likes to say, into that journey um, closer to the heart of God. Absolutely. Yeah, we asked them questions like, how do you pray together as a couple? You know what I mean? Like That's we, a good question, yeah, too. Right. Yeah. Do, because do you, couples pray? You yeah, know, you can't and, wait oh, until you're faced with right. adversities mm-hmm. and then figure out, now, now what do we do? You know, we have to prepare them for that. And we know in a society as a whole right now, there's a lot of stress, a lot of pressures. Mm-hmm. Um, not, there's no perfect family. Every family has struggles and ups and downs. Like you said, paying the mortgage, um, putting food on the table, finding a job. There might not be a perfect household where it could be a, f- a whole family. It could be a broken family with mm-hmm. separation or divorce, a single parent, a, a, a death of a parent, grandparents raising children. Mm-hmm. There's so many different factors now right. we didn't have back in the 1950s and 60s, you know, the days of the Waltons, um, the the Cosbys and the the wonderful perfect families, the Partridge family. You know, there's there's things that now in 2018, it's different. And Judine, you really hit it at the beginning of our show here this morning is that we can't just keep business as usual, dropping kids off at religious ed class or the Catholic school and saying, oh, let the teachers do it. It's kind of like a drive-through, like slap me a baptism, you know, I'll take a Big Mac and a baptism and a first communion. And I'll see you later. I'm in my car over here and you're in that building over there and we just barely touch each other. And I think that's what On Mission for the Church Alive is hoping that, Absolutely. you know, it's no longer just a single parish right now. You know, I walk across the street and I have one building, you know, my home parish, Holy Apostles merged mm-hmm. uh, two years ago and, and uh, there's four churches. Now there will be two more coming into the um, spectrum. So it's not business as usual that, you know, you were like little cookie cutter, little um, 
islands, so to speak. It's it's no more just bricks and mortar, but it's the people. The people are the church. The family are the church, and I think they're we, the skeleton. They're the backbone yeah, that holds the parish the together. Yeah. And um, they've been on the periphery for a long time, and now we need to engage them and make them fully alive and involved in the parish, which they're they're longing to do, mm-hmm. and they're waiting for people like Emily to create programs that give them a place to find their home. So yeah. uh, there are parishes that have been sure. doing things. We have um, St. Sean and Paul and also um, St. Catherine, Catherine Drexel, Drexel down in Bentleyville, making too. Making great inroads and St. John the Baptist in Manaka, among many. Um, family integrated catechesis isn't a cookie cutter idea. It's how we in our community find ways to bring our families fully alive. And with those parishes now uh, grouping with others, then it will branch off. They can share and they can learn from each other. Plant a seed and watch it grow. Okay, great. We're going to take a break. Back with more Education Plus in a moment. Those are one of the best ways that the church brings young people into a relationship with Jesus while preparing them for life. Catholic schools in the Diocese of Pittsburgh provide spiritual formation that encourages virtue. Academic excellence leads to success in higher education. Gospel values promote respect, compassion, and service. Dedicated teachers integrate faith into every subject. An emphasis is placed on critical thinking skills, problem-solving, and decision-making. Our schools set and meet high standards for student achievement. We develop each student's unique God-given gifts and encourage them to give back to their communities. All learning and activities are focused on the full development of young people, for the welfare of society, and for building up the kingdom of God. To learn more or find a Catholic school near you, call 412-456-3090 or visit diopit.org. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor of St. James Parish in Swickley. And this morning we have Judine Indoneva, who is the Director of Family Ministry and Faith Formation for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, and Emily Belchick, who is the Faith Formation Coordinator at St. John and Paul Parish in Franklin Park. So Judine and Emily, we were talking in our first segment about the uh, On Mission for the Church Alive process, which has been announced this weekend, and how the parishes will be grouping, new leadership, new beginnings. Let's talk a little bit now, Emily, about uh, how we do that. How how are you working with the programs, with the families, and getting the families involved with uh, integrated catechesis? So our family program uh, meets once a month. Uh, the family goes to Mass together, and then they come over and we have a light breakfast, mm. and then the children go downstairs into their age-specific classrooms, and there's a theme, and we're all working around the same theme. Um, the parents, the adults, stay upstairs with me, and um, everyone's learning. The whole family is learning. The kids are learning concepts downstairs at the, on their age level, and the adults are learning things upstairs. The idea is that when they go home, they share, and they, they share what they learned, and they talk about it as a family, and we open up those doors for communication. Um, the other thing is once they all come back together, um, the family... They travel to two different stations. So the first station is a service station where they do a service project because we're helping them to love others. 
And the other one is a prayer station because we're helping them to love God. That's what they promised at their baptism. How will they help their children love God and love others? Mm -hmm. So we give them hands-on opportunities to do that. The prayer station is very uh, hands-on. It's something that they can make. It's something that they can do together and take with them um, and pray together at home. I get a lot of positive feedback from that. One such activity we did was Alexio Divina. So, you know, some families are so, so intimidated by the Bible. It's so big. And they're like, where do I start? You know, so we broke it down for them and picked just a scripture reading. We read it and then we talked about what words stood out to you. Hmm. And then we did echoing and allowed um, families just out loud say, what words stood out for me? It really is very telling as to what is in their hearts and what God is trying to say to them through that scripture passage. It's for every age level from little people to big people. I know I do it with my own family and (laughs) I have a teenager who's writing, you know, longer things and I have a little girl who's drawing pictures and what what God's saying to her through art. Um, It's just a really awesome way to incorporate all age levels in a family and how they can pray through scripture together. So it's one theme. So the parents are learning on their adult level and then the children, the little kids or the bigger kids learn it. But it's the same topic, but just on yes. a different level. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I may interact, mm-hmm. interrupt for one second, um, interject. I was just thinking of the beauty of that because we can say, um, you know, we want the parents to teach the faith, but some parents are a f- they, they don't know how. Right. So what's beautiful about your program, Emily, is that you're actually giving them the tools to grow themselves as adults and helping them to have the ability to be able to take that home and make that a reality. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. learning, and but they're having fun with it, too, mm-hmm. and especially if the kids are making projects or the, the parents. So you get your hands dirty. Kids mm-hmm. love that, you know, mm-hmm. or um, guys like to get their hands dirty working out in the yard or in the garage. But mm-hmm. you, you're making the learning fun, but mm-hmm. you're incorporating it all together. And then they all come back together and say, okay, this is what we learned. Oh, this is what I learned. Mm-hmm. And it brings that family bond even stronger. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We all need Jesus. Mm-hmm. We all need to know that we are loved. Um, and it's the perfect way to do it because it's such a positive message for everyone. So how do you come up with different themes for, for the month? So are there certain topics that are more popular than others or do you yeah, have Yeah, we do follow a program. Mm-hmm. Like we do follow, you know, the guidelines from the diocese. And, and there's resources for the Yes, for the, yeah, the for sure. To, to but something that. else we did is we took the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders out of the regular faith formation mm. classroom and we're doing a youth ministry model with them which is wonderful. Um, that's kind of the age where they start to falter. They start it's a to tough question. Group. Oh, yeah. yeah, they start to I'm bored. ask a lot mm. of questions, and we encourage that. We allow them to ask their questions. Um, but we also, through that program, is we bring the parents in, and as a family, foster an opportunity for them to meet Jesus through adoration, um, through something we did just recently, the interactive Stations of the Cross. So for Holy Week, we brought the families in. The parents stayed with their children, Hmm. their 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, their middle schoolers, and they walked through an interactive Stations of the Cross. So each at each station, they learned, they related it to their lives. They did some sort of activity. For instance, when Jesus was handed his cross, they were handed a tiny paper cross and they had to write down 
something in their life that was just a cross that they were bearing. And then they had to carry it with them. And then they had to nail it to an actual cross. They connected with the story in a really beautiful way. So, you know, I had one family, you know, in adoration, not really knowing what to do. They're on their cell phones. (laughs) You know, they're kind of... They just don't know what to do. No one has ever taught them what does adoration mean? What Jesus is fully present and there and you could talk to him. And we introduced them to these concepts, things that they didn't even know as adults that they can do these things. One particular family, I I noticed the ones on their cell phones, they, you know, the first, my first instinct was to like, no, Jesus Put that is down. here. Pay what attention. are you doing? You know, um, <laughs> don't, what are you doing? And I'm so disrespectful, but that's not for us to judge. They don't know. So I got down on my knees and I prayed next to them and I asked the Lord to just fill their hearts and open them up and let them know they're loved. And on one particular station, this same family knelt down next to sand uh, it was the station where Jesus falls for the first time, I believe, and there was an imprint of a hand and a knee, and there was some blood, some drops of blood, oh, and they wow. were asked to kneel down and just ask Jesus to pick me up when I fall. And I watched this same family sobbing, just so vulnerable and so open to God's love. And that was the first step. And then I saw teenage kids looking at their father in amazement right he had a life-changing experience right yeah, there wow. absolutely yeah that's powerful and what is Very. so beautiful is that would never have happened if emily wasn't finding ways to invite the parents mm-hmm. to participate in the formation with the children yeah we have to foster an environment where jesus can come you know where people can be open to his love now, the music, the adoration, the experience, they have to understand that this is not just a really good story that happened a long time ago. This is their story. Absolutely. This is our story. How do you invite your parents and families to participate? There's so many things out there, mm-hmm. distractions, and this is just another invitation that's thrown out there. How do you extend that invitation and get the people to come and the families to come because that's well, a for huge, that instance huge it was part of the program so okay, they, they were asked it's to stay it. yeah right. it was part of it it was their regular faith formation session they came and they were invited to stay and there were some people that didn't stay there were some kids on their own but we had our core team members and our other loving adults that walked with them through the stations and again Lots of parents did stay. Good, good. Very beautiful. So it's a life-changing experience for them. Yes. You know, and there could be a lot of hesitation out there, like, oh, I, uh, I'm i not this churchy guy, or mm-hmm. I'm tough, and I don't need that, or I already mm-hmm. know everything about the Bible. You know, there, you hear a lot of different excuses, so if we can break down those barriers and have people be open uh, to that. Wouldn't you agree that that would be... Yeah, it's part of that paradigm shift Mm -hmm. um, that we need to start educating our our family of God to know that formation is for everyone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it never ends. You're always learning. We're doing On Mission for the Church Alive. Judine Indeniva and Emily Belchick, thank you for being with us this morning talking about family integrated catechesis.
Back with more in a moment. Helping Catholic parents form the faith of their children is at the heart of Bishop David Zubik's invitation to learn Jesus, love Jesus, and live Jesus. Children learn the importance of praying to God, caring for the poor, and growing in virtue. Faith formation focuses on preparing for the sacraments. Inspired by the love of Jesus and His Word, our teachers help young people develop a strong understanding of the Catholic faith. From this foundation, children are welcome into a personal relationship with Jesus and lifelong discipleship. Several faith formation models flourish in the Diocese of Pittsburgh. They include traditional instruction, catechesis of the Good Shepherd, family-based programs, middle school, teen ministry, and campus ministry. Young people share their unique gifts through service projects and mission trips as they begin to own their faith. To find a parish faith formation program near you, call 412-456-3112 or visit diopit.com. This week in our Plus segment, we're featuring the 36th Annual Bishop's Dinner for Catholic Charities. This will be held on Friday, May 11th at the Weston Convention Center Hotel downtown. This uh, wonderful dinner is a wonderful fundraiser for Catholic Charities, which helps so many people, Catholic and non-Catholics. They do so much for the poor, the less fortunate, the needy. children, and this is a wonderful fundraiser to support uh, Catholic Charities. We're having our awardees this year is Reed Carpenter, Sister T, which is very familiar here on KDK Radio, John Linden, and St. Louis de Marilac Parish in Upper St. Clair will be receiving award, and James Withers, who is from um, uh, helping with the homeless. These uh, men and women will be all honored at the 36th Annual Bishop's Dinner. Again, that's for Catholic Charities. Again, it's on Friday, May 11th at the Weston Convention Center Hotel. And it's a wonderful way to support Catholic Charities, its mission, and to help the needy here in the Pittsburgh area and beyond. For ticket information, you can visit their website, www.ccpgh.com. We'll see you at the Bishop's Dinner, May 11th. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus, and thanks again to our supporters, including Sam and Judy Spanos and the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. I'm Father Tom Burke. Join us again in two weeks at 6.30, right here on KDK Radio. The preceding was paid for by the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. Information on the program was intended to solely further the public's general knowledge about the product. Opinions expressed should not be relied upon for any purpose by any member of the audience. News Radio 1020 KDKA does not guarantee the accuracy of any of the information heard on the preceding program. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the why. And visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.